What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Wednesday show. Welcome to I See Things a Little Differently. You know, actually, it's funny because um, I keep changing the Wednesday programming, and it's actually not on purpose. It's become like kind of like a gimmick now, kind of like how I start saying air quotes and no air quotes. I, I just started, I started saying that because it was just, it came natural to me. I was realized what I was doing so many times I was doing air quotes, and I was like, no one can even effing see me, dude. Um, but no, last several weeks has been crazy because I'm thinking one thing, dates have been off, and like I said, I was looking forward to, to reviewing Injustice, which comes out next Tuesday, um, and so all this other stuff was happening, and I was just like, man, like, like these things are just out of order, and then I had a few people hit me up an email and say, hey, man, what do you, have you watched any more, like, shows, you know, um, doing air quotes again, I don't know why I'm doing air quotes, but the first episode of our relaunch was The Wire. You know, and people are like, yeah, we want to, you to talk more about shows like that as well, because not just the comic book stuff, because I do go in depth with it as well. And I was like, you know, uh, the one show that I can say I keep up with right now, and it's not like I watch it live or anything, uh, but I do, I tend to watch it once it goes on Netflix, which it just came on, season eight just came on Netflix last week, was, is The Blacklist. And they're on season, they're, they'll be on season nine this year, which I would have to think is, the very last season um and so i was watching season eight i finished season eight it's essentially the only thing i've watched besides a little bit of wrestling um since it came since it dropped on netflix and i was like you know that that would be a cool thing to do but i would do it differently than i had done everything else everything else i've done like a breakdown of like how i did power i did a breakdown of all the seasons on one show what i would do differently and what I'm actually thinking about doing, now that you guys know next week, if, I'm going to do it. It depends on how I'm going to do it. But what I'm thinking of is breaking it down season by season, different episodes. So like season one, season two, et cetera, et cetera. And so we get to where we are now. Um, it would be interrupted because like this week and next week, we're going to probably dedicate to, if you saw the titles, this is this show's dedicated to No Time to Die. Um, next week, we'll talk about Titans as then we'll spend the following week only reviewing so next two weeks will be about titans because as i record this i'm caught up but then we have the prelude to the season finale this week and then the season finale the following week so we're just gonna do the next two weeks about titans all of my final thoughts on it what i liked what i didn't like etc 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 so we'll start that then and then it'll be interrupted again because then we have eternals dropping um, but then we'll get through that eight weeks of eight seasons of the blacklist. Um, and maybe interrupted either way, but we'll, you guys follow, like, subscribe as I write in the description and there'll be no problems. You'll be caught up. Um, but yeah, I will do more of those things. But as I said, the blacklist is probably the only show I keep up with that I can think of. I've tried to get into, uh, last man, um, I'm on episode three still. I'm in the middle, but I see where this is going. I kind of don't want to um, watch anymore, if I'm being honest. Um, I did read the comic. Though. I think I said this before on the show. I did read the comic, but we'll see how I'm feeling. Plus, I really want to get into Doom Patrol. I really, I really want, especially now that season three's here. I feel like I can, I can I feel, I feel like I would enjoy that because I, I I did like the comic of Doom Patrol, 
um i definitely feel like i would like it so anyways as you guys saw in the description oh before we get started um this friday october 15th indiana comic-con 3 p.m my panel will happen four to five is the greet meet and greet so come check me out if you're there if not we will have other opportunities as i am booked for a couple more cons i don't want to announce anything yet because i don't have times and dates yet i just know i'm booked for it um and we'll figure all that stuff out you guys know where to find me right here so let's hit this up so i since no time to die is very interesting because it's been like it's essentially been like black widow and eternals essentially these movies have been complete and not touched for <clears throat> excuse me almost two years um and i remember at the beginning of this year uh because it was still slow for me um i was like watching youtube videos and it's, it's funny how nico a few weeks ago said how he doesn't want to see another trailer this time a third he's already too many rumors 99.9% of the time, that's how I am. Very few things come across my wire unless someone sends it to me specifically. But like at the beginning of this year, I didn't have much going on like many people. Um, and yeah, I just was watching a bunch of videos and stuff like that and about how this is important to this and this can't go to streaming for this reasons. And, and I was and one of the videos I watched on YouTube was about No Time to Die and how uh, Paramount, I guess, is the parent company for um, the Bond franchise, which, similar to Sony, they would never give that up. It's a billion-dollar franchise. Um, and essentially, they were trying to send it to Amazon Prime at the beginning of the year, supposedly. Air quotes, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes. But I just thought it was a fascinating story because the reason I believe stuff like that is because <laughs> we saw happen to Black Widow. And we haven't talked about it on the show, but they have settled that lawsuit, uh, which was epic. They needed to, which is why every other Disney, Disney movie has gotten a 45-day theatrical re release treatment to to counteract any promises they might have made, you know? And plus, it's rumored, Eric, of course, again, that Kevin Feige was really pissed with uh, Disney for countersuing Black Widow. Um, and honestly... Just pay the bitch. You have billions of dollars. No, excuse me, bitch. Just pay the woman. Um, uh, she has millions. You have billions of dollars. Just give her the money. That's, that's, that's one thing I say. WB, just, they don't do much right. But last year, and we talked about this in the show before. Last year when they put Wonder Woman 84 um, on streaming services the same day as they put it in theaters. No one that I know went to the theaters to see Wonder Woman 84. No one went out their way to watch it, in my opinion. I mean, from what I could tell. And they gave, I believe, the, the director and Gal Gadot a uh, $10 million check. Say, hey, sorry about that. Here you go, break you off. Can you do a little more promotion for us? Like, it'll be obviously Zoom promotion, but if you don't have to leave your house, who gives a crap, you know? And so, anyways, I just thought that was funny. But I just, I remember watching that video with No Time to Die, and I was like, man, like, I remember thinking to myself at the time, I was like, wow, this, this could change the game if we have no movie theaters. Because people think for some reason, the way is only streaming, and I disagree with that. Like, for me, and we're gonna get to the movie in a second, but to me, it's it's a different feeling going to the theater. I, just, I literally, as I'm recording this, I just came from the theater. There's certain movies I don't want to go to the theaters to watch. Like, I'm not gonna pay 16 bucks to watch, and, and $16 is not that big of a deal. But I didn't want to go to the theaters to watch Suicide Squad. I just I I could go with or without it. If if I hadn't watched it, 
I wouldn't say, man, that's my bucket list to watch. It's just not, you know? So certain things you want the theater experience. Like, I want to see the Eternals in theaters because I just think that the visuals would be better on a bigger screen, you know? And some things are shot like Dune, I believe. And I don't know anything about Dune. So we're not reviewing that on the show. But I know Dune or certain movies like the Christopher Nolan movies are shot uh, with, what, what is that thing called? The bigger screen with the IMAX. Um, and so, in mine, so you, it's a better experience. I remember I was still living in Maryland. I can't remember. I think we saw Dark Knight Rises in a uh, IMAX only theater. <clears throat> and if I told you I noticed a difference, I did. I personally didn't notice a difference in um, the visuals, but I did notice a difference in the sound. If that makes sense. Um, and so, and some people make sense. Isn't is people are going to want to get out again? People are going to want to get their kids out again. Let's not get too crazy here, you know. Things will change, and you have to evolve with change. So you're, so you might not be able to wait eight weeks and say, "Hey, we're gonna go when it's dead." Just find your nearest theater. There's so many theaters that are dead at certain times that you can find a theater. Like I think tonight we had like seven people in the theater. It's not that serious, <laughs> you know. It'll, it'll be fine. But anyways, I was already interested in watching this one. I have watched every Daniel Craig, um, James Bond. I should have watched all of them before I went to go see it. I just don't know where I could watch it. I'm not going to bootleg it. I'm not going to buy it either. Because to me, it's been a very interesting run. To me, it's the... And I haven't watched all James Bond movies, so for you Bond enthusiasts, don't kill me, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, obviously, you have the Pierce Bronson ones or whatever, which... We're just over the top. They didn't really, in my opinion, they didn't really follow a storyline. But I could have missed a storyline in there. Um, to me, this is the first Bond that I have been attached to, that I have watched. I, the key word there, people, where it followed a cohesive story. And I haven't been alive that long. So that's what I'm saying. I, I, I never saw Sean Connery, but James Bonds. I, I've seen him in clips, and it was clear he was he was born to play the role of James freaking Bond. Um, same way I feel like uh, Matt Damon just has the Bourne character down packed. You, you get what I'm saying? Anyways, um, so um, I, I know it started with, what was it? Quant, quantum? No, I'm about to say Quantum Realm. Listen to me. I can't remember which one to start with. But I do remember, I've seen all the movies in theaters. But because it was at different points in time and so far between movies... I don't remember this entire story, and, and and my mind is kind of jumbled all over the place. Cause I remember Casino Royale was the first one. I remember going to the theater to see that, and I remember I didn't quite understand it. And I remember someone talking to me afterwards, telling me how it was the origin story, and this and the third. I remember seeing Skyfall, and 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 what I took from that was uh, Q passing away. I think that was in uh, Spectre, though. Either way. I went into this one remembering bits and pieces of the Bond franchise with Daniel Craig under it. And I do know that Daniel Craig has a lot of power. He was the one who got a new script in and everything. And I read two reviews. I read two reviews because I was just interested because I was bored. Because I actually didn't... What's I found out? Because I thought this movie was going to be like an hour and 50 minutes. I found out it was like two and a half hours long. 
I didn't go to uh, to on the movie theaters on Friday and see it. And also at the same time, it's much easier to blo- to not come across Bond spoilers as opposed to a Marvel spoiler. So I with Marvel movies, I just don't want to risk it because even though I'm not on social media like that. Sometimes you could actually click, accidentally click on something out of boredom, but hey, um, you go on Instagram out of fucking boredom. Like, if you look at my Instagram, for those of you who follow me and those you shouldn't, you aren't, you should. I'm at Never Silver Spoon Fed. Um, like, I just you know Instagram will give you the t- how much time you spend on the app and blah blah blah. Well, I actually spend 11 minutes a day on it. That's not <laughs> compared to what other people want. That's not a lot, you know. And even then. That goes down on a weekly basis. Like last week, I think it was like 13 minutes. The week before it was like eight minutes. It's like, it's not, I'm not on there very much. Anyways, um, so um, I wasn't testing knowing pieces of it, whatever, but so but I knew it was no risk of me knowing a spoiler, you know? And even the reviews I saw were very non spoiler reviews. I would have read a spoiler anyway. For those of you who don't know, backstory, I had like three different friends that worked. In, in some form or capacity, on Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. So I actually knew every bit of those movies before I ever saw them. Like, literally, I knew the entire movies. Like, bit for bit. And I remember, I didn't talk to Jonathan Esther about it at all. Because Jonathan Esther was like, hey, what do you think about this? I was like, yeah, I don't, I can't even speculate with you without giving something away. Because I just knew it. But it didn't ruin it for me, because I still need to see it for myself. If that makes any sense. Um, By... But two reviews, and both reviews start off by saying it felt like this was two movies and a script was scattered all over the place. Okay. First of all, I didn't get that vibe that it was two different movies. What I got was it was closing chapters, but the difference is sometimes when you have a show or a movie that's closing a chapter on one part, it's not as obvious as this was. Like To me, this felt like it was wrapping up every story arc that this particular Bond had went through while closing this movie's chapter, which to me hurt the villain of this movie. And it was very anticlimactic because I didn't even understand. Um, my, my, what's his, let's get his real name right. Let's see. One second. I don't know if this is like a bad thing or not when I do this on air, but I don't care. Um, Rami Malik, uh, but the villain name was Safin. But Rami Malik, it's I didn't understand his motivations. Like at the beginning, and this is very spoiler, so just know so you know. The beginning of the movie, you see him come to this house in the the middle of nowhere. He kills the mom. He's about to kill the daughter. He ends up saving the daughter as the daughter's about to drown. So then it fast forwards to the daughter many years later. You know who the daughter is. She's a love interest of Bond, who he drove off into the sunset with. The movie prior as he retired so you essentially pick up you pick up in the past and then you come back to the immediate future where you ended with the last bond movie and if you didn't see the bond movie you'll be confused but then after the first 20 minutes of non-stop action which is a cool car chase fight scene bond puts her on <clears throat> dr swan his love interest on a train and then you fast forward five years so it 
right there, it's ending to me right there. Boom, it ended the last movie. That, but like I said, these parts that end certain things, it ends it so you know it's ended. So now you, hey, you have to move on. So when people say it feels like two, three different movies, I that's a stretch for me. That's very much a stretch for me because like I said, it just you just know when it ends, and most of the time you don't really get that closure, I guess. But this movie, in my opinion, kind of needed to get the closure because of where it was leading to this particular James Bond's end. Now, I don't know if another Bond is moving forward for a second. We'll talk about this in a second as well. I don't know if another James Bond's ever died. This Bond actually does die. So let's come back. So you come back in five years later, and then you meet up with people who were in past Bond films. So to me, it's kind of like how Fast and Furious and Marvel movies, like... You have to remember these tidbits and stuff like that to a never-ending story, which I can see why people get mad. Marvel movies are... It seems like it's never-ending. You're getting these pieces that are coming back, but they end up falling off. So you have Felix Slider, who's in, I believe, Casino Royale, um, and he ends up dying in this, killed by a traitor or whatever. And so another part ends, you know? And then to me, like I said, the entire time, you don't really see... Rain, uh, Safine in this movie and then when you do see him he comes back into Madeline's life Dr. Swan's life randomly because he wants her to kill Bond's last real villain who killed M the prior M who I believe she was in all the Pierce Bronson uh, I believe she was as, I believe she was M in all the Pierce Bronson uh, in their iterations of James Bond and she got killed was it in Skyfall she got killed? Yeah, she got killed in Skyfall. So that promoted another person to M, which is the leader of the British intelligence. And so um, that was probably his most vicious villain, which was the head of Spectre. Um, but he's locked up now. And so that's when you see Safin come back into movie and he has this, this uh, these nanobites that are... I mean, if we touch... If you get infected by it, you can't touch anyone that's a part of your family ever again or anyone that has your DNA. It'll kill them on sight. And so it's one of those things that's really weird because you never get his motivations. Like he comes back into her life and he sees her, Dr. Swan, as his daughter. And it's like, I don't, because he saved her life, but it's like, but you were trying to kill her. You know? <clears throat> so to me, his, excuse me, his motivations were really unclear and to me that hurt him in this film because the skyfall uh villain which let's just get his effing name instead of saying and the skyfall villain that's ridiculous um let's see do, 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 do. Oh, it's not gonna be easy. Oh, all right here. <clears throat> What's his name? Belfour. Belfour. He was. He, Remy wants. Safine wants Belfour killed, for for reasons. That's it. That's all you know is reasons. I took a pee during this movie. My f two minutes away, there wasn't this much plot development with this guy. 
and plus my two minutes away was during a fight scene so it had nothing to do with Safine but it's it's clear that he sees Dr. Swan as his daughter and he knows because he's been keeping track of her and she thought he was out of her life that he knows things that she thinks he doesn't know now in five years now it's funny because when Bond puts we're going to rewind when Bond puts Dr. Swan on this on the train She's holding her stomach. My first thing was, is that bitch pregnant? That's the first thing I thought. You know, I don't know why. <clears throat> I do think, I told this Jonathan Esser, I do think the more you study like, different stuff like this, like Shakespeare and whatever, you start seeing little stuff like that. And she, and she held her stomach. It was very subtle. Very, 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 very subtle. Um, but I was like, and then it turns out she is having Bonsdar, who has the prettiest, she's the prettiest thing with the bluest eyes. And anyways, Bond's like, is that my, she's not sure. She, he's like, that's my, it's clearly Bond's kid. It's clearly Bond's kid. She's a terrible liar. Um, she, she also isn't a master thief, as you find out later on. She's just trying to be, she's been through enough heartache. Anyways, um, so that to me hurt this. But like, you get closure on everything, but everything is so, I remember someone had said, someone was doing a review of CW shows, and they were really pissed off about CW shows and how they say this is not how real people talk and like how people don't finish each other's sentences and blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know everyone's life, so I don't know how people feel. Um, we reviewed some uh, CW shows on here. Um, I still have yet to get through the entire final season of Black Lightning because I, I feel like what turned me off about the last season was a showrunner for it said that we had to wrap so many things up because they didn't find out until like after pre-production that they were nagging a new season and so but apparently black lightning apparently it's going to be this um not as big as uh crisis on infinite earth but apparently it's going to be another big crossover event this year and black lightning is coming back for that which once again reasons um <clears throat> but remember this guy was watching his youtube video i was bored he said that uh, he was just going in on ECW shows about that. To me, that's how I felt about this, though. I felt like everything was so movie cliche that you saw it coming. Like, the men, I didn't know Bond was dying until I, he accepted that she, he had a daughter after he saves him. And then there's a scene where he's like, I have to finish this, right? And the new 007, which is a woman, a black woman, is like, hey, I got them. And then, like, as they're, they're floating off in this boat, this ray of sunshine covers their faces for like the last time. I was like, "Oh, Bond's about to die," because that's that was his that was his dream sequence essentially, to where like he got he finally accepted his future, but it's not the future that it's not that particular future he's accepting. So, anyways, Bond doesn't have to die, but Bond essentially commits suicide because eventually he and him and Safine have the most anticlimactic final boss fight of all time. Bond runs through this water. He gets shot a couple times. Then Safine and him struggle for a, 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 for a little bit, for me, like a second or two. Safine gets his arm broken. And then Safine uh, reveals that, hey, I've infected you. Now we're both killers with nothing to live for because you ruined my life's work and I just ruined your life's work. So Bond realizes on his face that he can never touch his daughter or his woman again. Just, but he still has plenty of time to get off this island. He has plenty of time to get off the island. But he's lost faith. And he's like, I don't want to go through this anymore. 
he just essentially commits that that's how i took that final scene was he essentially commits suicide because she says hey we could we could find a way to get past this because q says nanobites they're in your in your stream they'll they're they're forever they're permanent you know so no one you could never touch anyone with your dna so he i mean if they want to have a happy ending they could have just said hey he found this whatever but this bond was so tormented and to me like i said if this is for you Bond enthusiasts, make sure you understand this. I'm saying for me, of all the Bond films I watch, which has only been the Pierce Bronson ones and the Daniel Craig ones, Pierce Bronson stuff. I don't think it fo- I don't think it ever followed a story. This one followed a story. This was a pretty tormented Bond. Like Bond went through some shit here, and then one thing, it went from origin story to him being too old. And I do know some people didn't like the fact that in Skyfall they kind of leaned on that too heavy for some people's liking. Um, however, I, it was a part of the story, so I kind of just went with it. Like, to me, I tried to enjoy the ride when I'm on it. I don't want to be in a movie theater like, oh, that's a plot hole. That's a plot. Like, that's, that, first of all, grow up. That's annoying. Second of all, I ain't doing that. Life's too short. Um, however, to me, this was just, I feel they felt the only way to, for Bond to end because he was so tormented. Like, he was trying to move on to the beginning of this movie, and he said bye to one of his love interests, his first love interest in this, to move on to Dr. Swan. So it's it was clear this Bond was never going to get what he wanted, but he would get the job done, it's, which which is very Jack Bauer-ish. You, you won't get happiness, but you'll make other people happy, which is a, a lonely life, you know. Um, <clears throat> but, but yeah, uh, to me, I... I don't think this movie needed to be two and a half hours, but at the same time, the way they structured it, it was, <clears throat> it needed to be two and a half hours to tell the full story of what they wanted to do. I don't think you, it's, you know what, this, I prefer this two and a half hours than them say, hey, let's break this down in a two hour movie, then do another two hour movie as a finale. That's annoying. So I could see where people would complain about that. At the same time, I mean, these Bond films are very expensive to make. You might as well get your bang for your buck. Um, I don't. I believe it did sixty million over the holiday weekend. Even though I don't think people do, people still consider. I know some places consider Chris, uh, Columbus Day a holiday. I know my bank was closed as uh, on, on on Monday. So some people still consider. I don't consider it a four day holiday though, because I don't know how many people actually have off on Columbus Day. Because when I was in school still, which is dating myself, uh, I remember they stopped letting kids off for Columbus Day because they didn't recognize it. So, anyways, um, so I don't know if it's good or bad. That's I'll leave it up to the pundits. But to me, I... <coughs> excuse me. I'll give it a 7 or 8 out of 10. The fight scenes were amazing. With the exception of the very last fight. <laughs> uh, it was very interconnected, but at the same time, it fit this boss because the boss was very underdeveloped. So it was like... Bond should probably shouldn't have a hard time dealing with this guy. You know what I'm saying? Because the guy didn't come off as too much of a threat, if that makes any sense. So, anyways, I'll give it seven or eight out of ten. You know, I thought the action sequence was fun. The car scenes are always fun. Daniel Craig, to me, his walk was was a very James Bondish walk. He was he was badass in this movie. You know, so I mess with it. Um, but anyways, that's my thoughts on this particular Bond film, No Time to Die. Um, so yeah, go check it out if you're interested. If you're not, all good, I understand. So, anyways, that is your Wednesday show for this week. 
We will talk to you back here on Monday for the Monday show. Y'all have a great weekend. We are out.